Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. All right, why don't we stand for a moment? We'll just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together, God. We thank you that your word is so powerful that it speaks to our hearts, it changes us, it challenges us. We thank you for it. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Just look at your neighbor and say, you look good today. Awesome. Good stuff. <laughs> amen. So today we want to talk about, this morning, we want, we want to continue with our series on growing up. And this will be the last week that we talk on this, uh, this topic, so we're finishing it up today. And I know in between we had a guest speaker and then we had our anniversary, so we're a few weeks from when we started the series. Um, but I'll just give you a little summary as we move forward. We'll go to our first slide, which is our key scripture for the, for the, the message series. John says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you've known the Father. I've written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And I've written to you, young men, because you're strong and the word of God abides in you. So, and you've overcome the wicked one. So we see here with this passage of Scripture that John is talking about three different stages of development. And the same in the natural, we see it in the spiritual. We have those three stages, and that is that we have the childhood stage, then we have the adolescence stage, and we have adulthood or maturity. Okay, the reason why I wanted to teach this series is I want us all to look at where we are and just assess where we are spiritually in our development. And secondly, so we would know how to respond to people who are coming into the church and mentor them effectively, okay? Because sometimes we can speak to someone harshly, we expect them to know something, but they're ignorant, and they get hurt, how many know we don't want to do that? In the first, first week I talked about when we're dealing with little children, uh, if they throw food in your face, you don't throw food in their face because that's not, that's not going to teach them anything, right? Little children, if they throw food in your face, you tell them, no, that's bad, and then you, you redirect their hand and you show them how to eat properly, right? And so sometimes when people come and they throw something at you, don't throw something back, right? We have to mentor people. We have to be aware of where people are at in their faith. And so, week number one, we talked about being a little child, and little children are dependent on their parents, they're dependent on those who are their guardians, and they don't know that they don't know. There's ignorance, right? Like when I was a child, you know, I remember one day I was constipated. I think I was probably eight or nine years of age, and my mom pulled out this thing called X-Lax, and I watched her take it out of the, uh, the pantry, and she pulled it out, and she broke off a little piece, and, and she gave it to me, and it did wonders. I don't know if anyone's had the little chocolate. You know, it tastes good and everything. A little chocolate piece. And so uh, I thought, this is pretty cool. I want to see what this does to my brother. So my younger brother came in. I said, hey, you want some chocolate? And he's like, yeah. So I gave him the chocolate bar of X-Lags. And he spent, you know, two days in the bathroom. I mean, it was bad. Thank God he didn't get damaged. I think he didn't get damaged, but... 
but but the reality is I was ignorant. I didn't realize that you know that kind of thing can really really cause a big problem. And and as children, we don't know. We we don't know that you know we don't know. We just do things. There's a, there's a level of ignorance, and we need to be parented, and we need to gain knowledge of how the world works. Second week we talked about adolescence. We talked about this next stage called adolescence. And this is really a stage of independence. This is where, you know, your child begins to decide that they want to kind of form their own worldview and they want to spread their own wings and they want to try life on their own. And, 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 and this is a stage that everyone goes through because it's really about self-identity. It's about becoming independent. It's about becoming, uh, you know, self-focused so that you can find your identity. And, and, and it's beautiful because John says, you know, you young men, you have overcome the wicked one because the Word of God abides in you. So this is a stage spiritually where we just kind of, you know, we learn about who we are in Christ. As a baby, we're, we're trying to figure out who Jesus is. As, as an adolescent, you're like, who am I in Christ, the authority that I have? And then no longer do you have to come to a pastor or a spiritual leader and say, I really need your prayer. I need your support because now you can do it yourself. You can pray for yourself. You can stand on your own two feet. And there's that stage of spiritual growth that we all need to go through, and that's the stage of adolescence. Okay? And... Uh, Sometimes can be considered the explorative or the rebellious stage in some cases. Uh, and, and this is the stage we go through. And this is where a lot, I believe, a lot of church members, a lot of Christians, we get stuck in this stage of spiritual development. You know, we're in the deep end of the pool. And, you know, you know it's all about our gifts and our abilities. And we need to make room for that. And that's okay. And we have to have a place to function and grow and find our independence in God. And, and that's a wonderful stage. But we get stuck there not realizing that there's another stage. And so on the week three, I talked about fathers and how fathers are dependable. And mothers, if you're female, fathers and mothers are dependable and they know the one who knows. There's, there's knowledge that comes in and becomes wisdom, right? And wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. You know, when I got out of Bible school, I thought I knew everything, you know? I had just come out of spending all day for two years in the Scriptures, and I came out like, I know the Word. And I like to argue and debate with other Christian leaders, you know. And that's a stage where we think we know everything. And then as I've gotten older, I realize that God is like a diamond. And like when you turn a diamond, and it's got multi-multi-faces on the diamond, you get a glimmer off each angle. And I begin to realize as I get older is that I don't know everything, but I know the one who does. And we develop into this, this, this place of maturity in the Lord. And so Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, the writer says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests. Now, it's okay to look out for yourself. We're to take care of ourselves, right? The Bible says a wise man will will have an inheritance for his grandchildren. So, I mean, it's good to take care of yourself, have plans, but look out also for the interests of who? Others, right? And God is calling us to have this heart. There comes a time in our spiritual development that we, we move away from this independence because we realize that God wants us to be interdependent. So, now, now we're not independent, we become dependable in the body of Christ. Because we're independent 
as adolescents, but we become interdependent because I need Pastor Peter's gift. He needs my gift. I need Kaylee's gift because how many know I can't preach and play the bass and sing? All right? We need each other. Every one of us need to learn to be interdependent so we can be dependable for the king. Can I hear an amen? And so we're to have this attitude that, that uh, Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to look at this together. Verse 5 to 9. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he became... He gave up his divine privileges. He took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. And here's the thing. How many here are parents? Okay, welcome to slavery. <laughs> right, seriously. Because as a slave, right, I mean, you're taking care of little ones. I mean, you go to, you go to work and, you're, and, and you do it because you need money to put meals on the table and pay for hockey and put your kids in university. And you become a slave. Now, you do it willingly and you do it with a heart of joy because you love your children. But really, you're there to serve at this point, whether you like it or not. And this is what we have to understand as parents. Next slide. They'd rather serve than be served. Because now your, your vision is for what you're leaving behind in the next generation. You'd rather serve than be served, number two. You'd rather give than receive. I still enjoy receiving. How many enjoy receiving? But when I see my kids receive, I get more joy out of that than when I receive myself. How many would agree? Okay, because now our focus isn't just on my gift, my ability, what I can receive. It's what I can give and what I can see others receive. Number three. Their focus is on the development of others. Okay, so now I'm still developing. We're going to develop till the day we die. We're going to continue to develop and grow. But the focus now is how can I help others? How can I pour my life into other people? How can I love? How can I teach them not to make the same stupid mistake? I will lock the x lax in a cupboard. It's not going to be left in the open, right? So we learn from, from our mistakes, and we want to help others learn. And number four, they're willing to make sacrifices. And that's what we do. We make sacrifices for our children. And so as, as believers in the church, we begin to make sacrifices. You know, it's not fun to get up. I know Bill Bill's sitting over there leading worship. I mean, he lives, what is it, 30 minutes from here? 20? Well, 30 minutes. And they has to be here at 7.30 on a Sunday to prepare. And he, I believe he does it joyfully. I hope he does. Because he wants to serve the Lord. But that's a sacrifice. That, no, but that's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice for me to get up and get all my kids together and run them to these programs and do this. There's sacrifice in it. But guess what? The sacrifice will always pay off in the kingdom. Amen? And uh, so it says... And he being born as a human being, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And when we lay down our personal agendas and serve God, what does he do? He elevates us to a place of honor when we learn to sacrifice. And there's a time in our Christian life when we move from, you know, being served to serving 
and, and we move to a place of being sacrificial because we're thinking about the inheritance of the kingdom and we start focusing on others. And you know, there was a time I left here in 2000. This church started in 2002, right? 2002. 2004, mid-2004. My wife and I went to Kingston. We felt God wanted us to go and do some work and plant a church. So we moved there, and I was working uh, just crazy jobs, trying to find jobs here and there. We had three kids at the time, and um, or two and one on the way. One came shortly after we got there. And uh, we went to plant a church, and w- I worked really hard. I was working a full-time job, and then I was trying to church plant and meet people in the community. And it took me about two years to get 20 people coming to the church. Like, it was a lot of work. Like, I invested a lot. And then a new, a new pastor, and some of you heard the story, moves into town. He's a friend of mine from years ago to start a church. And uh, my church at this point is just starting to grow because I was asked to go and speak at different churches. So people were getting to know me. The church was just starting to grow, and I was getting excited. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to lay down your church and go be the assistant pastor for Cameron, who's starting Impact Church. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. I said that because I thought it was the devil trying to get me off track. Because I was like, I've just invested two years, blood, sweat, and tears, sacrificing, sacrificing. And why would I die to my dream? Why would I be obedient and die to what I think is the right thing? And I struggle with this. So I ignored it. How many have ever ignored God? So then... uh, so we go to this conference. It was like uh, it was a conference. I think it was two or three days, and we had several worship sets uh, where we were doing worship, like we we're doing this morning. And I was sitting in the congregation. And I was just I'd shut my eyes and I lift my hands and I'd be singing, and I'd keep having this vision of Cameron. I see his face. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. I'm visioning a man's face. Get this out of here. And I'm just I, I can't I can't focus on Jesus. I just keep seeing this face. And God's like, you're going to keep seeing this every time you shut your eyes. So you say, and, and I said, okay, Lord, I made the choice. Not my will, but your will be done. I'll lay down the church and I'll go and serve him. And I did. And the moment I made that decision, it wasn't easy to make because I had invested a lot of time, a lot of sacrifice. But I said, like Jesus, not my will, but your will be done, Father. See, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it will remain alone. And I had to die to what I thought was my destiny. And you know what was amazing? The moment I did that, I moved over. I started volunteering. I started getting phone calls every night. Or not every night, but I get a lot of phone calls. We know you, Travis. You're a man of integrity and all this stuff. And, you know, we know who you are. And this new church, you know anything about it? Can I trust it? Yeah, he's a good friend. I'm actually the new associate pastor. Uh, you, you know, you should come. And so suddenly the church grew, like, within, I think, the opening night we had 100 people. Because God used me to prepare the way, like John the Baptist, for somebody else. I wanted to be the hotshot. But God wanted to use me in a different fashion. Do you understand? And you know what amazing was? The Bible says here, that because Jesus humbled himself and he died, the Bible says that God exalted him and lifted him up and gave him a name that was above every other name. The moment I died, all of a sudden I got this, this opportunity to get into a business school and start a business, 
and it was funded. The government paid my salary for a year to go to business school and to start a business at the same time. And within the first month, I doubled my income. Within two or three months from there, I moved out of a 1,400-square-foot home into a 3,000-square-foot home with four workshops or three workshops. It was just like the blessing of God just began to just come because I was willing to die to my own will. And God calls us to die daily. Amen? And that's a sign of maturity. It's not about me, God. It's about your will. What are you asking of me? Right? And so this is a bit of my story, right? And, uh, and God taught me, if you don't learn to serve under another, you will reap that when it's time for you to lead. And it doesn't have to just do with church. If, you, if you're working and you, you don't serve your boss because he's arrogant or he has an attitude, and you don't serve that company, one day when you need to run a company, people won't serve you. God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow. Amen? So let's learn to die to ourselves and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Okay? So in Ephesians 4, verse 14 to 16, this is another thing about maturity. Paul says, when, and this is talking about in, in reality of the fivefold ministry coming in, the purpose of the fivefold ministry. He says, you'll no longer be immature like children. You won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Jesus, who is the head of his body, the church. Isn't that good? So Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so what God, Jesus is the head of the church, okay? And uh, if you pass me that little head, uh, Sarah, what's his name again? Curtis. Okay, we got Curtis here. Curtis is going to be Jesus for this illustration. Clean-shaven, modern, Caucasian Jesus. Jesus is the head of his church, right? But how many know the head? If you look at the head, what comes from the head? All the knowledge comes from the head. The vision comes from the head. The voice, the word comes from the head. The hearing comes from the head. And we, the church, we're the body. And Without the head, we can do nothing. If we're cut off from Jesus, from all of his understanding, his sight, his vision, his knowledge, everything that he is, if, we're dis- if the body is disconnected and severed from the head, the body ain't going nowhere. Simple. But in the same way, right, a head without a body is not going anywhere. And so here's the thing, as, as a believer, we have to realize that if Jesus is the head of his church, and we bring him with us to church on Sunday, and we sit down and we worship, Jesus, this is awesome. You like this worship? Yeah, it's awesome, good. And you, you're, you're in relationship with Jesus. You're the body. You're connected to Jesus. But then through the week, you know, you're going to 
You're going to leave him at home. I'm going, I'm going out to the movies. You stay here, Jesus. And you go out, and you go out, and you do what you do. You go to your hockey game. You go to school. You go whatever. You leave Jesus at home, but then you just pick up the head, the knowledge and vision and understanding of Christ, and you carry him with, him, with you to church. You sit down and watch a movie, okay? I'm going to watch a movie. And Jesus is like, I'm not watching this. He turns around. Are you taking Jesus into every area of your life? Amen? He is the head. So if we don't, if we don't realize that, then, then if we don't go into the community, if we don't share the gospel, if we don't, if we don't walk out as, as a body and do stuff in our community to reach people, to serve, to do, guess what? Jesus can't do it. He has chosen to partner with us in expanding his kingdom in the earth, right? It actually says here, I love in Romans 10, verse 14 and 15, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him, right? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And so what Jesus wants to do is he wants all of us as a body to work together. And each part does its part. Like if we could see in the realm of the Spirit, Jesus coming, you know, most churches, I'll just use my own head, and we go out and we're like, hey, Jesus loves you. You should, you know, come, come to church, and Jesus is awesome. And they're like, what's wrong with your body? Like, you're walking funny, and your feet are going above the head. Like, we look so dysfunctional sometimes because, God, if we're serving one another and loving one another and acting correct, guess what? The body is presenting Jesus to the world, right? But we are the body. We have to carry the love, the vision, the hearing, the sight, the knowledge of Jesus into the earth or it will not go. All right? I want you to go down here to... I just want to finish this, this off here. In spiritual adolescence, your nourishment is in receiving, and that's okay. There's a, there's a season of development of time where it's like, I just wanted to go to every conference... I wanted to listen to every guest speaker. I still enjoy a good sermon. How many enjoy a good sermon? Right? Uh, you, you enjoy receiving, and that's okay. And that brought nourishment. But there comes a time as we mature where nourishment comes more from serving God and serving others, even than receiving yourself. How many, how many hear what I'm saying? And, and so you're still receiving nourishment from receiving, but you're also giving. And there's different types of spiritual nourishment through the Bible. There's uh, Bible teaching. There's praise and worship. There's prayer. These things bring spiritual nourishment to our soul. But there's one more. There's a fourth food group, and that's found in John chapter 4, verse 30 to 33. Okay? And it says here, They went out of the city and came to Jesus, and meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? And then what we have on the slide. And then they went out 
Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You know? And when you have an opportunity to share your testimony or make a meal at Catherine's Kitchen or serve in the kids' ministry or walk across the street and shovel your neighbor's driveway and tell them Jesus loves you, when you're serving, it brings spiritual nourishment. And I remember a time when I, I was in uh, a couple years after Bible school, I was praying, I was fasting, I was reading the Bible, I was worshiping, because I felt spiritually dry, and I'm like, I'm trying everything. And God says, there's one food group you're not taking right now. So what is that? He says, you're not serving, you're not sharing. And God spoke to me to talk to my neighbor, and I hadn't done it, so I said, fine. And I went and I started talking with my neighbor, gave my testimony, and it was like I could feel just a refreshing come to my spirit. Because if we don't move into a place of serving in maturity, you'll feel malnutritious. Does that make sense? And that's what God is calling us to as a church. Because you know what? It's harvest time. Say it's harvest time. And 10% or 20% of the church cannot contain what God would like to do in this region. It's going to take a large percentage of the church being actively involved in bringing the gospel in some way or another. There's three levels of engagement we're going to show you here. Next slide. Attenders. And you know what? If you're coming to this church, you're new to this church, or you've been a Christian for a few years and you just want to attend, that's wonderful. No pressure. You come to the church, just attend, no problem. But then we move to the next stage, which is contributors. This is where God is calling you now to contribute. And you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to contribute with my time, my talent, with my finances. I want to be involved in contributing into the mission, into the work. You might contribute by standing at the door, greeting people as they come in. You might contribute by helping out at Catherine's Kitchen or serving upstairs. You can contribute in the parking lot. Amen? You can contribute in different ways. But the next one is to be a group leader and to do spiritual care. And one of the things uh, in 2015 we realized, I realized, was that as a pastor, I can't be knowing everyone's spiritual journey intimately. It's just you can't know 150, 200 people. You can't. It's just you can't do it. So we said we're going to develop a system called Connect Groups where we'll have Connect Group leaders, right, who will open their homes for a Bible study and really get to know people and be there in a pastoral capacity to say, here, I'm here if you need me, and to be aware of your spiritual growth and development, right? That's why Connect Group is so important because when we sit in rows, right, I'm ministering to you, but when we sit in circles, you're ministering to one another, and we have to move from rows to circles. And so if you're not part of a connect group, maybe God is saying, this is time for you to connect into a connect group. Maybe you're sitting here and you've been saved for 20 years. Like, I think I should be a connect group leader. Like God is calling me up to serve his body and to bring my experience to the table. How many hear what I'm saying? So these are the three different areas where God might be calling you to step up. All right? And so God is good. Let's bring up our last slide, and I want to just summarize this whole series. Number one, children are dependent, the adolescent is independent, and the adult is dependable. Little children are ignorant, adolescents have knowledge, but adults have wisdom. 
Okay? The child is undeveloped, the adolescent is developing self, and the adult is developing others. You see the pattern. Little children, there's weakness, and you have to protect little children. But then, as a young person, you have strength. As an adulthood, you have meekness, which is strength under control. Little children receive, adolescents achieve, adulthoods give. Little children are focusing on who Christ is. Adolescents say, who am I in Christ? The adult dies to themselves. You see the progression? And I don't know where you are in this, this journey, but it's okay to be at any of these stages. It's not like if you're not here, you're not spiritual. No, because each and every one of us can be at a different stage of development and growing. The main thing is that we're in love with Jesus and we're moving forward and we're not sliding back. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So why don't we stand as we pray? Father, I thank you for everyone here today. You love each and every one of us so much. You've brought us here to serve, not only just in this building, in this church, but even as we go out as individuals, we're representing, we're the body of Jesus. We bring Jesus into our worlds. God, I pray right now that you're speaking to every person right now. Maybe there's people in this place and they're saying, you know what, listen, I, I've been in a tender for too long and God's calling me up to serve in a different capacity. Maybe God's calling you to lead spiritually and to be a connect group leader or to give spiritual care over people, not just contribute, but to bring spiritual care. God, you're speaking to our hearts, God, and I pray, Lord, that this week you'll stir that hunger to say, Lord, I want to go to that next level. I want to move into maturity in my life. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said... Amen. Amen. Listen, we have, I'm just going to throw a few things out here with no pressure at all because pressure is not good. But at our welcome table, we have a sign up. If you are feeling God speaking to you to be involved with kids, with youth, with preteens, those are areas where we really need volunteers. In fact, my wife and I and Anita have been doing the youth. Peter, Pastor Peter has been doing the preteens. Um, and you have a couple working with you as well on that. Uh, but we'd love to hand that over. There's so much gifting and talent in this church, and there's so much calling in this church. So if God's talking to you, come talk to us, and we'll have conversations about the journey. And Catherine's Kitchen, do we have enough volunteers there? Never enough volunteers. We are growing. Like, we are growing. How many organizations are we partnered with now? Over 25 businesses in this community are partnering with us. And you know what the, the word is? And, and I say this humbly because we have not arrived. No church has arrived this side of eternity, right? If you walk into a perfect church, it becomes imperfect because you just walked in. Okay? So I'm not saying this. I'm saying this humbly. Okay? But in our community, we're starting to get a reputation. There's a church that's actually doing the work. That's the reputation that we're, we're getting. And so we thank the Lord. All the glory goes to him in Jesus' name. If you're here and you're, you've never made a commitment of your life to Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to do that. I, I'm actually going to encourage you to go home and take some time and say, Jesus, come and change my life. I want to give you control. Forgive me. That's all I did. I went home one day, 
I said, I'm at the end of myself. I said, Jesus, if, if you are everything the Bible says, I need you to come into my life. Change me. Forgive me. And it was like electricity hit me, and I was never the same. What can be done publicly can be done privately. And that's how I feel to encourage you today. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.